Hey guys, welcome back to the Wild Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Jones, and today's episode is a little bit different. I actually recorded this episode a while ago before I even launched the Wild Pursuit. I never posted it because it just wasn't the quality that I wanted. It was back before I had a microphone and audio equipment and stuff like that. So I never posted it, but I really liked the topic and I really liked the content. And it was with one of my good friends, Tyler Hilgers. So I'm excited for you guys to hear it. So I hope you guys enjoy. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Wild Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Abby, and today we are talking about leadership, how to be a leader, what that looks like, all of the above. I am joined by a very special guest, Tyler Hilgers. So you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hey guys. Well, uh, I'm really honored to be on the podcast, and I know it's one of the first episodes, and uh, we are in totally different places doing this. We can't share the usual uh, smile and jokes that we usually do together, but thank you so much for having me on, Abby. I really can't wait to just hang out with you and talk about whatever leadership, life, and everything else. Yeah, I'm super excited. And like you said, we are in two different places. So I am in Pensacola, obviously, and he's in Lakeland. So we're doing all of this remotely. I'm super excited about it. Me and Tyler have been friends for a while, went to college together. Our whole friendship It's been really cool because we challenge each other a lot with leadership stuff and how to be a better leader, not just in a position of leadership, but just how to call people higher, how to challenge ourselves and growing and always wanting to be the best versions of the way God made us. And so one of the first things I kind of wanted to talk about, obviously, this whole podcast is about leadership. So what Mm -hmm. is good leadership? Like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Yeah, good leadership. That Well, so that's one that we can just go back and forth you know, on all of this with. But uh, also, before we jump right into that, I wanted to say that as you were speaking, and even before that, I was just thinking that you've done such an excellent job of modeling growth and an eternal growth mindset, what that looks like. And our relationship, I remember for a while, it felt like we were just colleagues. We were on similar teams. And I remember kind of watching each other, what we're doing, and always looking at you as somebody that just consistently did things and not measuring each action. But I think after a while, and really knowing your character, I got to understand the heart behind the action. I mean, honestly, that's leadership right there is leadership doesn't always have to be the thing that catches your eye immediately as flashy or incredible. It's like it's a constant sowing and then there's always reaping to it. Okay, your question, it was, <laughs> what is good leadership, right? Right. So good leadership, it's consistency, but I think even more than consistency, it's, it's making your environment better. Earlier, I talked about making your people better and that right. is it. But even more than that, I think in a broad sense, it's just making your environment better. That's so good. And a huge part of that is making people better. You want people to succeed. I think people have this mm-hmm. idea of leadership that I'm a leader, I want to be successful. I want to be the top dog in whatever I'm doing. That's not leadership. That's being in a position where people look up to you, whether that's because you're the boss or something like that. But leadership is really being like, okay, I'm in this position to make a difference, to call out the qualities in someone, to show them that they can do this. And I was given this opportunity, so I want to give it to other people. When you do that for people, that's when, like you were saying, your environment becomes different. 
there is that growth, there is that opportunity, that mm-hmm. is their encouragement, that team aspect that you don't get when it's more of a transactional boss, coworker thing when there's actual like leadership qualities there. That would be dictatorship, you know, like yeah. it's leadership versus dictatorship. Dictatorship could be advancing your people. You might be caring about a little bit more than yourself, but ultimately everything is a means to an end to maintain power. I don't know if I've ever heard of a dictator being good for a country, for the world, leaving the position in some great space. Maybe it left the position with more military to defend itself, but leadership Mm -hmm. on the contrary is looking out for your people, bettering the environment. I think oftentimes leadership means providing perks for the next generation rather than the current generation. And sometimes it means sacrificing now, not so that you can even enjoy the fruits later, but so that the next person can, whether it's a family model and it's your son or daughter, or Mm -hmm. if it's a company and it's just making sure that Whoever takes over for you in one year or five years is better equipped to lead than you were. I see like a lot of it being selflessness and humility, yeah. wanting to see. And you may may not even see the result, but knowing like when I do this, when I call out the good in someone, when I give them the opportunities, when it's not a competition of no, I'm in this position, respect me, do what I want you to do. Right. It's like no, okay, I'm in this position. I want to call you so that you can like grow and have these different opportunities. You're being selfless, and humility is a huge part of good leadership. Those fall right in frame with servant leadership. And that's one of the most popular humility models of leadership. I think that was a great answer. Tyler has, I mean, as we went to college and stuff, like he said, different things we did in school, whether it being an RA or working in our admissions department, different kinds of things. We weren't actually in competition with each other, but there was definitely that challenge aspect. Mm -hmm. And we definitely wanted to see the other person do better. We kind of pointed out the things where we could work on and that was a really like healthy competitive not because we wanted like the other person's position or the other person's role but we just saw so many things in each other that we actually used them if we actually worked at that that we could be good leaders and have good leadership qualities and influence people. I noticed that for, I guess, my sophomore year, Tyler, all of a sudden, I mean, he's always been a good leader, but it was toward like, I guess, junior, senior year when you just really fell in love with leadership, Mm -hmm. the idea of leadership, what that looked like, how to be a better leader, noticing good leaders and noticing some that weren't as good. (laughs) I just kind of want to ask you where that passion came from. If that passion came from because you saw a good leader that you really wanted to be like or you saw the good qualities or if it came from a bad experience with someone in a leadership position and another thing Tyler also has a podcast all about leadership it's the passion project if you guys want to check it out I mean this is something that's really big on his heart that he really loves so I just want you to kind of share about how that's all started and why you find it so important my origin with leadership really is God-given and I think really for all of my life that I can remember I've wanted to be significant and uh, noticed and cool. And so a lot of those accolades that come with leadership, parts of it came in high school with playing football or rugby, whatever. I saw aspects of the power of leadership and what you could really do with it. And I'll always be a work in progress. But I think, you know, when you and I really started developing our friendship, that was when I started genuinely sewing into those good aspects of leadership. So that's, I guess, what, you know, I got to develop later in college for myself. I really got it kickstarted after some rough things and 
my first couple of years of college and feeling like I, I wasn't sure what to do next or where to go. And then really just be placed in a, a leadership position that I didn't feel like I was ready for. I really shouldn't have been chosen in retrospect, given my, you know, my rap sheet, but somebody taking a chance on me that I respected from the get go. And then that individual modeling selflessness every day, humility, modeling work ethic. And that obviously that guy was Jared Parks, you know him. Mm -hmm. He was a huge catalyst awesome. for me in that moment and picking me up and being a part of his team and getting to see some great qualities from him. And then I think beyond that, from there, I just, I fell in love with the process of inviting others into leadership. The dream job for me is anywhere that I get to bring in individuals and hopefully if they're not already convinced to be leaders, convince them to do so because of the value that leaders can provide. You don't always have to be the leader, but certainly the leader or someone in a role that looks like leadership is providing a different kind of value than anyone else can. On the, I've had certain times, whether it was an individual, just a season or just a scenario where I saw bad leadership. I've certainly been bad leadership many times, but I think I've seen it and I've been in it enough to see the adverse effects. And so one, seeing the power of good leadership and then also seeing the negativity of bad leadership has really made me passionate about seeing the best leadership that I can first in myself and then of course in others. And ultimately, again, that's God-given. So the flesh is going to lead me to arrogance, but the God-given gifting and desire for leadership, I believe is leading me to elevate others. Again, flesh, is going to elevate me, but God-given leadership is going to elevate others. That's awesome. I actually really love part where you said that Jared Parks, who was your boss leader at the time, you said you didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve mm -hmm. to be in the position that you were in, but he called you up. You did not feel you deserved it. You weren't qualified, but Jared Parks, he saw something in you that you didn't even see in yourself. I think that's a huge part of leadership is just noticing those things. I mean, that's where the leaders get to where they are is when someone mm -hmm. saw something in them. That's a huge thing too, is you don't feel like you deserve it. That's a humility thing or a selfless thing of like, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if this is something that I'm capable of, all of that. But he was like, no, I see this in you. And even though you may not have been your full potential or where you could be, you grew a lot during that. Yeah. And you learned so much through that. And another thing you pointed out too was, I think identity. A leader mm. has to know who they are to even recognize other people's qualities and things in them. Because if they're insecure, they don't know who they are. There's going to be a lot of that competition. You're not going to be looking at other people like, how can I make them better? How can I do this? How can I help them? You're going to be like, okay, how do I stay in this position? How do I keep this level of respect? Because you're just so yeah. nervous or you just, you just don't know wow. who you are. You don't feel deserving of it. You don't feel like you made it there. You know who you are, what you're doing, but you had a leader who was like, no, I see something in you and I'm going to call it out and then help you along the way to get to where you're going. And I think it's really apparent too with, with those leaders. And it's a terrifying feeling because I think in mm. different moments I've been that leader, I just looked around. I didn't feel worthy. And um, that was really just, I mean, it was me, right? Because I was doing something mm. or not doing something. And I saw that the majority maybe didn't have that issue or was doing that thing the right way. And it's terrifying when you're living leadership out of comparison. But you're right. When you start with humility, and I was blessed to kind of be forced into humility, like knowing mm -hmm. that there's no way I should have been picked. Uh, you know, I got the favor of God and I got the favor of JP. <laughs> so shout out JP in that moment, <laughs> being forced into humility. And then knowing that I was chosen, that I was picked for a reason. 
And then him verbally speaking that to me, verbally, non-verbally, showing me my path, gave me ultimate confidence. But yeah, you're right. Without those things, I, I would have lived my whole year on that team in uh, comparison. And again, that might come in here and there, but uh, right. if you're living out of that, you're going to be really unproductive. When you're living with confidence, you're able to do so much more. Right. And then because he did that, you were on the team again. Even now, like the job that you have is because of all these different leadership opportunities yeah. where someone saw something in you and look where you are now. I, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't have my podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, I probably wouldn't have become leadership with tour stuff. I, I wouldn't have stayed on probably at admissions. Some people look at it like the butterfly effect, but I do wonder, you know, what I'd be doing, who I'd be, where I'd be and all of that had that one person not taken the chance and that one person not shown me what it looked like to lead. Your passion for leadership started in college and with JP and mm -hmm. your RA position and stuff like that. Now that you are getting your master's and mm -hmm. you've graduated, what does it look like now? to be a leader, to be in leadership when right now you're not in a position where you're the boss of something or you know you have coworkers. You're kind of at the ground floor with your job yep. now. You're working up again. What does that look like now? How do you be a leader in that? You're leaving like a private Christian school and small-ish student body, which by the way, shout out SU, loved it. Um, <laughs> oh. you know, appreciate it. So, I mean, I still work there, so obviously I do. But yeah, when you leave that, regardless of where you go, you're likely bound. And this is, I mean, our school or any school, probably you're bound to return to the lowest one on the totem pole. So that's what they say when you are leaving high school. I remember talking to high school seniors as a youth pastor for a summer and saying, you know, are you ready to be the lowest one on the totem pole and to be just a little fish now in a big pond instead of the opposite? The transition is difficult at times, and especially if you've come to think of yourself highly. But I think that if you are able to shift your mind and return to, or maybe for the first time, put yourself in a state of, if you want to call it forced humility, that's hmm. fine. Your humility needs to be centered in Jesus Christ because you know who you are, and then your confidence is also centered in Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the start anywhere. It doesn't matter where, but that's especially important when you're stepping into a new job, whether you're in a leadership role or you're just another member of a team. It doesn't matter. You know, you got to force that humility right back into yourself. Not that you need to forget what you've learned, but, you know, to some degree, you can kind of forget your accolades. You can almost mm -hmm. just start over as far as accolades go. And, you know, imagine that three, the Enneagram mm -hmm. three in me says, prove yourself all over again. Mm -hmm. uh, and now the, the tricky part is, okay, are you proving yourself to yourself, to your team, to Jesus Christ, to the world? What are you proving yourself for? Who are you proving yourself to? I mean, that's true. You have to have humility. The way your mindset is going into something like that. The question being, how do you navigate a new season where you came from a leadership position and now you're not necessarily in a quote unquote leadership position. You know, what does that look like? For me, it was kind of the same thing. You know, I went to SEU and their leadership mm -hmm. roles and where are you on leadership, leadership team, leadership week, right. like it's all about leadership. You know, you're there and doing different things. You have different responsibilities and it's like, okay, like people look up to me or I have this role or I know 
what my identity is because of the role that I'm in. And, mm-hmm. you know, I graduated, moved back to my hometown, and I get a full-time job working nine to five. Like you said, you're at the baseline. You're, you're not in that, okay, I know I'm an RA. That's where, you know, I have mm-hmm. this responsibility. It's like, okay, well, I have a bunch of coworkers. We're all on the same level. How do I lead here? I'm at the very bottom. People are not going to respect me. Or where's my influence? Yeah. <laughs> For you, like cool. you navigating that season, you mentioned humility and yeah. just like your mindset going into it it's hard (laughs) figuring that out this is like one of those if you're writing notes you know sending a tweet like where is my influence going that's the question that i don't know if i've ever vocalized before that's what's been frustrating me in different roles Mm. if you are new and you were just a leader if you're a bad leader you're just thinking like why can't i have my way even if you're a good leader the human in you and i don't want to say flesh because it's not really evil but the human in you just says where's my influence going i thought that i could provide value because of who I am and what I've learned. So where's that going now? That's what can be frustrating. So if you're listening and that's you, you're not the only one. We've both felt that way with Mm -hmm. new jobs. This is something I was thinking about briefly and it's not a complete thought, but I think in one way, leadership finds you because God is always Mm -hmm. the appointer. And then I guess along with followers will abound. You've heard, okay, are you leading? Well, do you have followers? No, you don't, then you're not leading. If you do, then you know, you're a leader. Like that's, it's really simple, but I, I do think that leadership finds you. You've got a task, do the task to the best of your ability, do it team oriented. So do it we oriented, not yeah. me oriented. When you're coming from leadership to a team oriented task and you're not the one in charge, it's very easy to still look for what you can provide the most value in, which again is asking, yeah. where's my influence going? Your influence really just needs to be channeled at the task. Biblically, like the word is taskmaster, right? So mm. you're not the taskmaster anymore. You're just one of the workers and that's okay. You have to get okay with that. You have to be able to humble yourself. If you're never able to humble yourself, then I mean, why should you be called to leadership from then? And then what does it look like if you were called to leadership, if all of your followers are just like you are? So that's something I've challenged myself with recently is, you know, I might feel like I'm being underutilized in a certain capability, but then I think about, okay, so what does that look like? How does my team receive that? And then I think of my leader and I think of JC, like I love JC, one of my favorite people I've ever worked for and worked Mm -hmm. with, JC Hernandez. I don't know if he'll listen to this, who knows, (laughs) but you know, I think of JC and regardless of what I feel in this moment, regardless of where I think that my talents or influence are going, how is this being perceived and is my attitude, is mm. my effort affecting the team in a positive way? Or have I used this now just to be selfish and, and care about myself? Just by being platonic and not moving forward in leadership, we can very easily become like a quiet, toxic, uh, selfish part of the team. Mm. Uh, it, it is yeah. very tough. It's very difficult, but it's part of learning, I guess, growing maturity too. One thing you mentioned was your attitude. And yeah. I think that is huge. You can be a leader by your talents or how good you are at a job. If you have a bad attitude or a, you're a bad example, like that really mm. takes away your influence. You know, you were talking about yeah. where is your influence going? And if someone is in a position because they are really good at their job or the status that they have, but they are just, they're not a team player. They are not nice people. They are not, Mm -hmm. you know, that really takes away that influence. When you're in a ground position, you're at the bottom, you know, you don't have that leadership position already. What are you in the workplace? How is your Mm -hmm. attitude? Yo, I just had a a light bulb moment. So (laughs) what was the first thing we said about what a leader does? 
Like what, what does a leader do? You're making your environment, you're making people better. So yeah, what's the deal? Like, wow. why am I allowing myself to be stagnant and disappointed because I didn't get some raise? I didn't get some new position. Like, right. bruh, I got I to make things better where I'm at. <laughs> your example and stuff is what makes you a leader. I was even thinking about like Jesus with his disciples. He was a king, <laughs> but he came as a man and he walked, he didn't have this status of whatever, but people followed him because there was something different about him. His attitude Mm. was different. The way he carried himself was different. The way Mm. he cared about people was different. He wasn't like, oh, he's the most popular. He's in this position of power. It's like, there's something different about this person. I want to follow him. And he wasn't out there going, I'm the leader, like respect me. Do you see what position I'm in? Do you see that I'm the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings? He's like, all right, I see this in you. and pull it out. I see this person. I'm going to pray for that person. I'm going to walk yeah. knowing my identity. And people followed him all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I love how you said it'll reflect in the workplace, your atmosphere. And absolutely yeah. love that. And if someone's listening to this also and just wondering, like, that's cool. Having leadership qualities, cool. I'm not in that position. Why would I want to be a leader? You know, what would you say to someone who's just like, okay, that's great. Either how do I get there, which we covered in this podcast, yeah. or why is that important? Why do I need to be a leader? Everyone is called in some aspect of their lives to be a leader, especially as Christians, you have a responsibility to be a leader. Now, I know that scripture says, be wary of being a leader. Scripture Mm -hmm. literally says, be wary of it because there's extra responsibility, there's scrutiny. But when I say that everyone's called to be a leader, it doesn't mean that you have to be the boss at work. Uh, right. you, you could be a follower the rest of your life and that'd be exactly where you're supposed to be. We believe that there's power in leadership. With great power comes great responsibility. We believe that leadership is important because someone is setting the vision. Someone is moving the needle. So that the important thing to remember, and again, this is me thinking as an achiever, the Enneagram 3, right. I want to be that leader, but I have to step back sometimes and just say, is there already a leader? Are those qualities already being provided? That doesn't mean that there's no place for me. Mm-hmm. That just means that I don't need to be in that place. My place might look different than the stage. It might look different than the visioneer for that team or that moment. Leadership is, is again, it's able to bring people up. I think that leadership is so valuable because not only is the individual getting better, but leadership has the potential to make everyone better uh, or at yeah. least everyone in a certain sphere better. And I mean, that's why we get so passionate about the election, right? Like leadership is important for that very reason and that Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that the future of the United States and the future of the world is being led appropriate. That's Um, so good. What we're saying is stuff that we've learned or that we're continuously growing in and learning and wanting to be better at. We just love learning this and learning how to, you know, be better leaders in whatever position we are in. So we are super excited about this topic and I'm super glad, Tyler, that you were here. We able to discuss this a little bit. If you guys have any feedback about this or other things that you kind of would like to talk about more about this topic and leadership and everything, then go ahead and DM the Wild Pursuit podcast Instagram. Or if you have any other topic ideas that you'd want to hear, or if you want Tyler back, then go ahead and DM the Wild Pursuit Instagram page. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Tyler, for being here. Thank Um, you for having me on. And we will uh, talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to The Wild Pursuit. If you would like to support this podcast to continue to hear new episodes, you can do so by clicking the link in the show's description. Thank you, guys.